Welcome, everyone, to the Thanksgiving, or at least post-Thanksgiving edition of the Fourth Quarter Comeback. I am your host, Six Pack Pat O'Connor, along with my friend, he is the turducken of the Against the Spread football betting community. He is Red Zone Rick. Rick, how you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? I'm doing good, Pat. I'm full as shit. You are uh. full as shit. All right. That will make two of us, my friend. Obviously, there are good eats to be had on Thanksgiving Day. We are very thankful to our audience out there that listens to the show, that supports us, and tries to build the fourth quarter comeback community out around the world. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Six Pack Pat with the number six. He is Rick Redzone. You can find Rick's picks on that Twitter, and you can make some cash. And you can certainly find the show. We would appreciate the follow on at 4QC Show. You can also find the fourth quarter comeback page on Facebook. That leads us into a little bit of last week's action. We are on a long week, but this will be a short show. But it will be sweet as dessert. So here we go. We're going to start off with last week's huge showdown, the Juggernauts. This was a potential Super Bowl preview. We had the Rams taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams took them down. They won the game 54-51 in a dramatic barn burner. The Rams stand at 10-1 and now, while the Chiefs fell to 9-2, and but they are still atop the AFC. This was the first game in history, Rick, where both teams scored 50-plus points. What do you think? about the Rams-Chiefs shootout. Well, it was what we all thought it was going to be. We all thought it was going to be a shootout, and that's what it was. You know, a score of 54-51, to the highest-scoring Monday night game in NFL history. It was a great game. You know, both quarterbacks showed out. Jared Goff looked amazing, 413 yards with four touchdowns. And Pat Mahomes did well. You know, he did great as well, again, 478 yards, six touchdowns. What's this, like the third time he threw for six touchdowns? Pat Mahomes is amazing. Yeah, the kid's impressive. This was a great game. This this type of game here makes me envious of all these good teams with great offensive-minded coaches. Why can't the Jets get it right? (laughs) (laughs) I seem to be hearing that from a lot of my friends recently. They lament the fact they see it and they look on in envy. Like, why can't we have a quarterback like that? Or why can't we have a coach like that that can scheme the offense the way that I'm seeing? This is impressive what the Rams and the Chiefs and the Saints, for that matter, and a lot of teams now are doing with their offenses are so impressive. And yes, it is a big byproduct of the rule changes, the league's evolution. But folks, this is football now. This is the way it's going. This is the way it's trending. This is life now. So if you can't compete in the track meet, basically, if you're not the greatest show on turf anymore, then you don't have a chance. Yeah. And the way things have been going, you know, people think that defense is, you know, it's dead. You know, rightfully so, because you see all these points getting put up. So you think that defense is non-existent, but, you know, you, you can attribute that to the new rules change and all of that. But um, there's still timely opportunities for the defense to have during the game. And that was shown, you know, with uh Aaron Donald, you know, forcing a couple of interceptions. This game was a huge indicator of that. We talked about this earlier in the week that 
a lot of people are going to chalk this up to, oh, 54-51. That's just another high-scoring game. What, at least four touchdowns were scored by the defense in this game. So, it's obvious defense isn't dead. Like, defense plays a huge role in these things. I mean, Mahomes, what was the big difference? Mahomes had more yardage. He had two more touchdowns. The problem is, he had three interceptions. They were huge, costly interceptions. He had two lost fumbles. He had five total turnovers in this game, and that is not the Pat Mahomes that started the season. That's the difference. You see the 478, you see the six touchdowns. That's Pat Mahomes that you you love. He's the MVP. But then you see five turnovers. That's a huge problem. That's the youthful inexperience that people are used to seeing on the field, and it's starting to come out. And it's coming out in the big games, and that's where the problem is. That's what I've been saying all along. It's the big games that I'm worried about for Mahomes. You also saw uh, the the Rams linebacker, Ebucam, two touchdowns. I mean, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? He comes out with a pick six and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. That is impressive, and that is what changed the game for the Rams. They had their defense. I said it last week, Rick. I said it before. I thought it was going to be the Chiefs' defense that made the factor, that made the huge difference. They would be the X factor in the game. But it turned out the Rams pulled it together, and they were actually the X factor. They're the ones that flipped the script. And even though Gurley played well enough, Hunt played well enough, Tyreek Hill went off. He's nuts. Goff was spreading the ball around very well. He did lose two fumbles, but it didn't matter because his defense had his back this time. And when the chips were pushed into the middle of the table, the team was all in. The defense showed up to play, and they scored. There were 14 total touchdowns by both teams in this game. That's more than the Buffalo Bills have all season. That's just a stat that they've been throwing out this week. I do enjoy it. It is pretty humorous to me. I'm sure I wouldn't find it too funny, people of Buffalo, if it was the Raiders. So I'm not going to rub it in too much because it easily could be the Raiders. So that's just an impressive stat that in this one game alone, they're scoring a whole season's worth of a team's points. Just to add a little more perspective to that, there was uh there were ten touchdown passes thrown in the game, and the Jets have a total of eleven all season. <laughs> well, there you go. Unfortunate for the AFC East, that certainly paints the picture of why the Patriots are so dominant right there, those two stats. But uh we look forward to seeing what the Rams and the Chiefs can do the rest of the way. It seems like a division title is in the future for both teams, although a little less likely for the Chiefs not necessarily as clinched there. The Rams, they should be running away with it. They should be all set in the NFC West. What they need to worry about now is home field, that number one seed, and those guys in New Orleans who already took them down once, welcome them down to Mardi Gras and send them away very unhappy come playoff time. Now, Rick, from one of the best games that I have ever watched in my entire life, at least probably top five, I'd have to really think about it, and we probably will think about that in the offseason, so start getting your list ready. We are going to move on to the new week, and that is what just happened, Thanksgiving. A time for family, a time for food, a time for fun, and a time for football. We all love Thanksgiving football, and there was no shortage of it this week. 
we had the Chicago Bears beating the Detroit Lions 23 to 16 that brought the Bears up to 8 and 3 and they are comfortably atop the NFC North right now which I do not love I would love for them to collapse as you all know Raider fan draft pick pretty clear why I'll go through this with the Cowboys again very soon so Not too happy that the Bears pulled it out. There was a pretty sketchy call, in my opinion, there at the end. I get why things were the way they were, but that seemed like a pretty blatant push-off before he got the interception. At least that's the way I look at it. Matt Stafford, bonehead decision at the end. He easily could have tied the game, gotten it into overtime. And then the defense just couldn't close the deal. They had a minute left on the clock. They had timeouts, but they couldn't close it out, and... They couldn't get back into it, so Detroit kind of blows it. Chicago, with Chase Daniels leading the team, at least on offense. We all know who's leading the team for real. The Bears beat the Lions. How deadly are the Bears in the NFC, Rick? Do the Bears stand a legitimate chance in the playoffs to contend to get to the Super Bowl against teams like the Saints and the Rams? No, I, I I think they make the playoffs, and I think they, they might get past the first round. But um, I don't see them making too much noise. You know what I'm saying? Unless they get a bye, I don't see them making too much noise. I don't see them getting the bye. So eventually they're going to have to play the Rams or the Saints. And I think that the Bears are great on defense. I think their offense is mediocre. I don't think they have enough to keep up with any of those teams, and eventually that'll show. You know, I think the Bears are good, good enough to win the North, but not good enough to make any real noise in the playoffs in my mind. I feel the Bears are essentially playing in real life what they're playing to me and every other Raider fan out there. They're playing spoiler. That is honestly their role this year. The Bears are the ultimate spoiler. They're spoiling the Raiders' first-round draft pick they got from them for Khalil Mack, and now they're going to spoil either the Rams or the Saints. I believe that the Bears are going to have to visit either New Orleans or L.A., depending on how the chips fall when the season closes, and I feel like that defense is just going to beat up whichever offense they happen to play against. They're going to grind them down, and while either the Rams or the Saints will win the game, they're going to know they were in a battle. So coming out of that all day, coming out of that and having to have a hard-fought game all day against a rough-and-tumble Chicago Bears defense, I feel like that will leave them a little sore going into that NFC Championship showdown, whoever it is, between the Saints or the Rams. And I could see them hurting them enough to cost them that championship game. So I feel like Bears, they are not a legitimate NFC Championship Super Bowl contender, but I do see them in the role of ultimate spoiler to where they can really wear down one of the offenses and one of the teams that's going to be there. I could see that. I could definitely see that. That Bears defense is really, really tough. You got a you know tough secondary you got a tough front seven. I could see them beating up one of those offenses is pretty good. Like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled an upset in any one of those games. Well, that's been one of I the just big cases is uh, for for New Orleans, they've been protecting Breeze like crazy. I don't think he was sacked for the first three games. He got sacked on Thursday night against Atlanta, but up until then, they had been protecting him. 
ridiculously well. So that's a huge point of pride and efficiency for the Saints offense is that they're protecting Breeze and they're giving him time. If you let Khalil Mack or you let Roquan Smith or any of those boys get in there and they're crushing Breeze, he's not a young man. We could have to see Teddy Bridgewater come out in the playoffs, you know, in the NFC Championship game if things go the wrong way. Very interesting stat there that I see. The Bears defense so far, though, has 20 interceptions on the year. That is good for number one mark in the NFL. 20 interceptions. They've allowed 19 passing touchdowns. So they have more interceptions than pass touchdowns allowed so far in week 12 of the season. Matt Stafford, he is just garbage. He could not complete anything. He's just it's it's time to maybe move on, figure some things out. He's obviously just a quarterback that throws for big yardage. He's had solid receivers. He's never had a run game, so they're not going to run. They've always just been pass happy. He's 5-18 and 18 in his career versus top five defenses. Clearly, this guy is not the guy that is going to get you the big wins. So maybe Detroit, I hadn't really thought about this before, but maybe it's time. There are a lot of quarterback-hungry teams out there. Maybe move on from Matt Stafford, his big contract, and his just underwhelming results against top-tier teams. You're going to need to be able to produce if you want to get to the Super Bowl, and he is not the guy that's going to produce for you. So maybe move along from Stafford, pick up some good picks. You probably easily could from certain teams, New York, Tampa, I feel like that'd be a good move for Detroit. Matthew Stafford has essentially turned into Jay Cutler 2.0. Wow. Next up, Rick, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Another team I am not pulling for at all, but unfortunately they pulled it out once again, beating the Alex Smith-less Washington Redskins. Colt McCoy, he had a valiant effort, but he could not protect the ball to save his life, unfortunately. On this Thanksgiving Day, they lost 31-23. to Zeke Elliott, 121 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, 8 catches, 180 yards, 2 touchdowns. Looking pretty good for that first rounder now, isn't he? Everybody that said, oh, he's not worth it. Yeah, he's worth it. At least, he can be worth it. This is the problem with Cooper. He's very inconsistent. He flashes brilliance. He flashes top five receiver potential and skills, but he's just, it's not going to be a week to week thing. Although I do like, it almost seems like he has a little bit of an attitude, a little bit more of an edge. He says he doesn't want to show the Raiders up, but I don't buy that bullshit for a dollar. He is definitely going out there to prove a point. You could see he had a little attitude. He's put, why, why is he taking shots at Markel Fultz? with a free throw celebration, you know what I mean? Like, that's attitude, and that's not something that he had. He just, you look at any picture he ever took in Oakland, he had dead eyes, no smile, he wasn't happy to be there, I don't know, but he just shows nothing. Now he's showing emotion, and maybe that's what they needed to get out of him, and he's building a rapport with Dak, he has a solid run game. The Cowboys, they're looking solid, they took the lead in the NFC East, and the past three years, the team that was leading the NFC East after Week 12 has gone on to win the division. I don't like the way this is going. Both draft picks are both going to win the divisions with the Bears and the Cowboys. 
not too happy about that, Rick. What do you got? Well, like we said a couple of weeks back, and we've been saying for a while now, as long as Dallas goes back to the formula, they'll win some games. And they've gone back to the formula, and they've put a couple of games together, and here they go, making a push for the playoffs. Would that be the formula that says the Cowboys are 25-5 and in the Zeke Dak era? When Zeke rushes for 70-plus yards, would that be the formula, Rick? Yep, yep, that's the formula right there. That's definitely the formula. I mean, look, now you got a bona fide weapon at wide receiver and Cooper. You know, he, he showed up this week. He gave you, you know, 180 yards, 100 and what, what was it, 180, 190 yards, 180 something like that. and two touchdowns. Rick, the rest of the receiving core had 14 catches, 109 yards. Come on, you see? He flashed big potential for you guys. You guys right the Dallas Cowboys right now have a baby big three. If they can put a couple more games together and Cooper can stay a little more consistent, like you said before, he's not as consistent as you want to see him. Dallas could be really, really tough. They've got an excellent pass rush. I'm not gonna go as far as say their defense is great, but they got an excellent pass rush. All right. You you run the ball. That right there in itself travels alone. Now you got Dak playing basically at old Dak level. And you got yourself a receiver who might have been underachieving in Oakland. And now, like you said, has come with some flair to Dallas and and with something to prove. and, And he's out there playing hard. Dallas is scary right now. Dallas definitely is that. If I said the Bears are the role of spoiler because they're going to hurt somebody and cause them to lose the next week. Dallas is actually playing spoiler because they're playing to win. This offense can compete if they're playing at the highest level they can. Zeke, he has been undersold all season long. People are sleeping on Zeke for whatever reason and forgetting that he is a top-of-the-line running back in this league. He is one of the best to do it right now. If you look at his stat comparisons with one of the best to do it all time, the guy that played against him this week, Adrian Peterson, they have practically mirrored statistics through their first, I believe, 35 games. So that's pretty damn impressive to be matching someone like Adrian Peterson that early in your career. Zeke is one of the best to do it. Cooper, if he stays on, that will open up the passing game for so many other guys. They're not going to be getting 14 catches, 109 yards all season if they're opening up the offense with Amari and Zeke. Dak Prescott, he just needs to keep a level head. He needs to keep mobile because, let's be honest, that's just a strength of his, and he throws well on the run. So we need Dak to keep a level head, push forward, keep the team together. That offense can do it. And I got to say, Leighton Vander Esch, he's pushing me. He might knock Derwin James and anybody else we say out of the Defensive Rookie of the Year category. He is coming on very strong. He is a hell of a player, and he is showing up, especially in Sean Lee's absence, and he is working very well with that defense. Him, Tank Lawrence, that secondary, the pass rush. The Cowboys could make a lot of noise, actually, early on in the playoff. I don't know if they get to the championship game. Can they compete with the Rams or the Saints? That's a tough one to say. I would say no right now, but they can make a lot of noise. 
Last but not least, we have the night game. It was the New Orleans Saints carrying on and going to their 10th win in a row. The 10-game win streak brings them to 10-1, and and they beat the Atlanta Falcons division rival 31-17. to Drew Brees protecting the ball. He didn't go for a lot of yards in this one, but he was four touchdowns, one interception. Atlanta, they just couldn't protect the ball. They couldn't protect the quarterback. They were giving up sacks. They were giving up fumbles. It was a brutal night for Atlanta. The Saints looking like the number one team that they are. Rick, what did you think? Did you see anything new, exciting, or anything? Or did this just confirm that the Saints are who you thought they were? This just confirms even more so that the Saints are exactly who we all think they are, which is one of the top two teams in the in the NFC. You know, it's your preference if you you know if you want to choose the the Saints over the Rams because they won the head to head. You know, then that's you. If you're like me and you think the Rams still have the better roster and you think that they, they're going to be the ones to pull it out in the end. Well, Either way, tip your hand now on your power rankings. Sounds like you might have made a pretty big change back in your power rankings. We'll have to wait and see about that later. Either way, the Saints are definitely the, one of the top two teams in the NFL. They showed it. They had a mediocre showing this week against the Atlanta Falcons and still won by a considerable margin. Drew Brees having an MVP caliber season. He's so accurate. I was just watching the game, watching him make some of these throws. The the throw to Ben Watson in the seam that Watson dropped, that ball was so accurately placed. Drew Brees is amazing. And like I said, he had a mediocre game. He didn't throw for 200 yards. You know, Kamara didn't have a, a great game. Mike Thomas didn't have a great game. And they still won. 31 to 17. It's like they're like light years beyond people right now. It's amazing. I'm I'm amazed by what the Saints are doing this year. I'd argue four touchdowns is a bit above mediocre, but I do understand the rest of the stat categories did fall into mediocre, so I'm not going to argue with you there too much on that. That is why he is a top seven quarterback all time. He is just pinpoint accurate. He is a great quarterback. I would never be upset to have Drew Brees on my team unless there were six other better options available. But I like Drew Brees a lot. He's going to carry the Saints probably to another Super Bowl this year. At least he's going to be one of the front runners. We'll have to wait and see. It's not all about Drew Brees. It's not all about Kamara and Ingram and that great rushing backfield they have. Michael Thomas was eerily quiet this week, surprisingly, so not even about him. It's the defense. They've really improved their defense. They started off really weak, but they've come on strong. They've picked up their play. They had eight takeaways in the first eight games. They have nine takeaways in the last three games. That's a huge jump. A huge jump. So the deals they made to improve their secondary helped them out tremendously. I look forward to seeing what the new Saints defense matched with the old Saints offense once they come together and build the Super Saints they're going to crush a lot of people on their way to the NFC Championship. All right, Rick, it is the Thanksgiving season, and if there's one thing we all know about Thanksgiving and the feast that we have shortly after comes leftover season, it is time for the leftovers, and we are ready to enjoy. So, Rick, what leftover games are you ready to enjoy this weekend? What games? Pique your interest. 
Well, obviously, I got my eye on the NFC North matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. It's the second game in the series this year. The first one ended in a tie. I'm anxious to see if Aaron Rodgers can get another win under his belt. Maybe, you know, another another boost towards a, a playoff run. Let's see what happens with Minnesota. Again, two teams that were kind of favored coming into the season and have underachieved a bit. Well, on Minnesota's case, they've underachieved. Uh, you know, I'll chalk up Green Bay to having a couple of injuries that kind of decimated their season, as well as a few bad calls by the refs. But that's neither here nor there right now, I guess. And the other game that kind of interests me is going to be the Colts in Miami. I'm just anxious to see if uh, Andrew Luck can continue this torrid pace that he's on right now. The Colts are looking in good position if you've noticed, they're 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 winning games right now on the field, and they have the highest cap space in the league with the first round pick coming up. They're they're in a good spot right now. Colts are young definitely upper, in a good space. You're absolutely right there. Frank Wright is looking amazing right now. I like Frank he's looking Wright. like, I like him higher. as a quarterback, but yeah, I like him as a big hire. Him and DeFilippo both. I think they're kind of proving out that. Uh, maybe it wasn't all Peterson, you know, doing the Super Bowl there for Philadelphia. So Frank Reich getting his just desserts. Take that, Josh Daniels. Take that, Josh Daniels. I think they got the much better end of the deal with that one. I am with you on both of those games. I am definitely looking forward to see what the Colts can do. Obviously, Miami is not a big, flashy team right now, but they are a wild card contender. They do have quite a few wins under their belt. You have Frank Gore, maybe looking for a little bit of revenge, going back to Indianapolis. Team gave him a second chance. I like this game. I really just want to see, can the Colts, after they've been on a hot streak here, can the Colts prove that they belong at the table come come playoff time? And I'm really curious to see how Andrew Luck can pull this off. I look forward to them to continuing their hot streak and the Colts to take down the Miami Dolphins. I also agree with you on Green Bay at Minnesota. You got a 4-5-1 and one team, a 5-4-1 and one team. Both the ones at the end, a tie, like you said, it went to Green Bay, Minnesota. Minnesota got gifted a little bit of a tie there. Could make all the difference come playoff times. This is a battle of the top of two top 10 passing offenses. So, should be some fireworks going on. As good as Minnesota's defense is, they're a top 5 defense still. They're underachieving a lot. Their rushing offense is weak, one of the weakest in the league. I look forward to seeing what happens here. I think Rodgers can get it done. I feel like he can pick apart that secondary. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I would imagine the Packers could pull this off, but as I've said before, there's really nothing to support that because they are terrible on the road this season. They just aren't getting it done away from Lambeau. So. Minnesota winning at home is probably a foregone conclusion, unfortunately, at this point. But I'd like to see Green Bay get back into it so they can be in the hunt for the playoff race. Last up, my last leftover, I will have to say I am going to enjoy watching the Pittsburgh Steelers hopefully annihilate the Denver Broncos. This is going to be a big road test for Pittsburgh going all the way to the cold climates of Denver, Colorado. They should have this win. But Denver is riding high after a big comeback last second 
defeat of division rival LA Chargers, Denver could be looking to upset another AFC playoff hopeful. Rick, what do you think about Pittsburgh and Denver? Do you think Pittsburgh should steamroll them, or is it going to be a competitive game that shows us the grit that Pittsburgh's going to need to have should they have to play someone like the Ravens or the Patriots come playoff time? I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to steamroll the Denver Broncos, but I think that they're going to show that they're a good enough team to win the games that they're supposed to win, if you know what I'm saying. I do. They're going to they're going to have the, you know, the willpower to get these things done, win the games that you're supposed to win and pull out the tough games later on in the season. I look for Pittsburgh to make a good push this season in the playoffs. Um, do I see them beating New England? Maybe. Do I see them beating the Chiefs? Yeah, they can beat the Chiefs. Can they make the Super Bowl? Uh, the way things are looking, it, it wouldn't be unlikely to see the Steelers in the Super Bowl. especially oh, not unlikely at all. I don't think so. Especially if they can keep up, if they can keep playing the way they've been playing lately. So, you know, I'm excited to see that game, too. That's another game that I'm looking forward to. Both these teams last week, they came along, they came from behind, they they finished their games very strong and pulled out big wins at the end of the game. So that's what I'm really looking forward to as well, because Denver came up behind the Chargers. Jacksonville had a hell of a game trying to shut down Pittsburgh, and they were really controlling that game for a long time. Connor looked like trash. I'm not going to lie to you. He, he was dropping balls, dropped an easy touchdown. Connor, I don't know if it was just the the pressure of the job is his now because Bell's definitely out and it's all on Connor's shoulders and he just he wasn't ready this week. It just got in his head. I look forward to him bouncing back because I feel like he is the guy that we saw the first half of the season. That is the real James Connor. Antonio Brown, he's going to step it up. He is going to crush that Denver secondary. I just feel that. I think Pittsburgh should definitely be favored, and they are going to pull out the win for sure. They are a Super Bowl contender. Speaking of those games and speaking of what we're looking forward to, they're not leftovers, but they are the wild card. We are talking AFC wild card right now, Rick. Who are your two AFC wild card teams? I will tell you my first one. And it might shock you. My first one is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. As close to it being damn near impossible with the Chargers losing this week and the Chiefs having a pretty simple schedule going forward, I could see the Chiefs losing potentially to Baltimore. I could see them losing towards the end of the season at Seattle just before Christmas. So. Emotions are running high. Everybody's a little sentimental. They're away from their families near Christmas time. They're in Seattle, a proud home environment. Seattle could take a big defensive win there. And the Chargers do play the Chiefs one more time this year. I think the Chargers still win that division somehow. And the Chiefs are actually my first wild card team. How about you, Rick? I say that I think you're laying too much stock in the Chargers. The Chargers are not going to win the division because they're going to be a wild card team. The Chargers haven't beat anybody, Pat. Come on, stop it. They haven't beat anybody this season. That is potentially true, but I just like the idea that I think the Chargers could come up from behind. They're finally going to get a connection going with Keenan Allen here late. He's going to score some touchdowns. 
Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler is a very good backfield. They've got Bosa back. He's just settling into things. They lost Denzel Perriman, so they need to figure that out with that middle linebacker situation. But I do like the Chargers defense, the offense. I understand what you're saying. Is it likely? No, I am going out on a very weak limb, but I am going to stay on that limb because I chose the Chargers early on. And for them to get where I need them to go, they need to win that division. And I do see it as possible. The Chargers are a wild card team. That is fair. Another wild card team is the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. I'm going with the Colts. The Colts are my second wild card team. I believe in luck. I feel like they are on such a roll right now. They're going to be able to get ahead and stay ahead of the Titans. They're going to beat the Dolphins this week. And anybody else that's in front of them, I believe the Colts are that wild card team. And we're going to see a very interesting situation here because Andrew Luck is going to have a chance to step up, prove his worth for what he is, because he's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now it's time to prove it, Neckbeard. Get the job done. Get to the playoffs. Salute your soldiers, Captain Andrew Luck, because you're going to the playoffs. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the Colts are looking really good right now. Like I said before, Andrew Luck is lighting it up as of late. Um, they look like they're building chemistry down there. Frank Wright is amazing at calling plays. Not only do I look for them to make a little bit of noise this year and get into the playoffs, maybe win a game in the playoffs, but I'm looking for big things coming from the Colts in the next couple of years. They got a good young thing going there. They definitely do have a good young core. They have a very good young quarterback. He is still a young guy. So I agree with you. The Colts can make a lot of noise. That division is going to be a very tough division going forward. But I can see the Colts being the ones that step out and become the class of the AFC South if they do everything right. They need to draft right. They need to sign the right free agents with all that money they're going to have. But the Colts can cause some problems. All right, Rick, next up we have our fourth quarter comeback power rankings where we rank the teams in the NFL on how they are, how powerful they are, and how great they're going to be going forward this week. Rick, who is your number five team? My number five team this week is the New England Patriots at 7-3. and three. Um, They've fallen off a little bit. Uh, I'm interested to see this week what Gronkowski's going to put out on the field, what kind of production he's going to give the Patriots. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. He's been injured three out of the last four games. So the Patriots are taking a little dive here. My number five team, Rick, is the Chargers. I know what you're saying. They are a wild card team. In your book, in my book, they might be a little higher. We'll see how things work out, but... It was such a close loss this week. I I just I couldn't dock them enough to take them out of the top five. There are a couple of other worthy honorable mentions just outside the top five, but I still have to stick with the L.A. Chargers at seven and three. I feel like they can still. They are a team that has the most potential. That's not in a division leadership role right now to make a lot of noise. So I like the Chargers. I'm going to leave them at number five. Right in front of them, I got the Steelers in number four, seven, two, and one. They are going to keep running away with the AFC North. The Steelers, as we covered earlier, they are a Super Bowl contender. 
They do have some problems with the Patriots being big brothers, smacking them around if they get to play there. But I feel like the Steelers have enough talent to get it done. They do need to make sure James Conner is back on the right page. Get him going. Get him back into the game early, often. Hit it hard. Let him run. Let him catch. Let him get his confidence back up. I feel like after last week's game, it might be down a little bit. You got to boost the kid up and get him ready for playoff run while still preserving his legs a little bit because we don't know if he has the stamina that Le'Veon Bell and other workhorse running backs do have. Antonio Brown, he's still the best guy around. He's still the best to do it in the receiving position. I know there are a lot of contenders, but Antonio Brown's the man. Him and Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, like you said last week, he is overlooked so much but he can do so much, and when it comes to prime time, when it comes to the big games, he performs very well. I like the Steelers. They're my number four team. Uh, same here. I can't disagree with you in any, any one of those points. I like the Steelers, too. Like we've both been saying, we think they can make some noise in the playoffs. The Steelers are my number four team as well. And my number three team this week is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs after that tough, tough loss against Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, the Rams take a step back up to number two, and they flip-flop with the Kansas City Chiefs, who fall from two to three. It was a tough game, but the Chiefs still look so, so dangerous on offense. The Rams just a little bit better on defense this week. Got them to win. Chiefs number three. Well, at the risk of agreeing with you on pretty much everything else going down the line here, I do have to agree. I dropped the Chiefs back down. Number three, they're nine and two. They lost to the Rams. It's only right. It's only fair. Listen, it was a hell of an offensive battle. We saw what we needed to see, though. Mahomes, big game, turnovers. Not only one, quite a few. And they were very costly. So... That's a serious issue to have. The Chiefs are still one of the top three teams in the league. Don't get it wrong, but between the Chiefs and the Rams, yes. The Rams' defense showed up. The Chiefs, their defense showed up just not quite as impressively. Their offense showed up just not quite as impressively. So it's not enough to get it done. The Chiefs, you're at number three. Rams, you're at number two. That's where you belong right now. You're 10-1. and one. You're one of the most talented teams on paper and on the field for sure but I just don't see moving them up to number one unless something happens very dramatically to the Saints spoiler alert the Saints are still number one but the Rams they deserve where they are at number two I cannot wait for the NFC championship game I'm really 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 hoping nothing spoils that because god do I want to see that game Oh, my God, that's going to be so good. <laughs> that's going to be better than the Monday night game. Absolutely. Let's just hope that all the Saints remember how to tackle in the playoffs this year. Because if yeah. it ends like last year, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. boy, I don't. Th- I think Drew Brees will murder somebody. I really, I think he will. Yeah. So, I, listen, the Saints, the Saints are the number one team. I'm sure, and you have the same thing. They're 10-1. and one. They're on a 10-game win streak. They have a 153-point differential right now. That is how many net points they are making offensive defense. They have taken over the top spot 
in point differential and points scored from the Rams, from the Chiefs. They are now the top scoring team in the league with over 400 points. They are the number one team in the league in scoring. The Saints, they're just simply tremendous right now. Drew Brees, he is making the case for both MVP of the season, for all-time top five, maybe even pushing the Mount Rushmore discussion, which is a whole other discussion because you need to trim another guy off that list. Drew Brees, if he gets another Super Bowl, he is very serious contention. I like the Saints right now. I love the Saints right now, actually. They're my number one team, and I don't see it changing. Not at all. I couldn't agree with you more. A happy Thanksgiving was had by all. I cannot wait for all the leftover games on Sunday and Monday night. We look forward to you all pressing for your fantasy playoff seasons. Hopefully you are all in the running, unless you're playing against me, then I really need you to lose. We thank you for all the support. It has been a tremendous outpouring, and I cannot express enough how much we love our listeners. Please follow us at our Facebook page for the fourth quarter comeback. Follow us on Twitter at 4QC Show. You can follow me at Six Pack Pat with the number six. You can follow Rick at Rick Red Zone. Rick Red Zone. That is where you find Rick's picks. And without Rick's picks, you're not in the money. So get with it. And now it's time for our parting shot. Hopefully nobody got killed today on Black Friday. Everybody look forward to Cyber Monday and all your super savings for Christmas. People get smarter. Black Friday lasts all the way into January and past. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.